What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Trust Your Boy Podcast. My name is Stephen Wright, joined by William Monroe. Will, how you doing, man? Doing well, Steve. Um, six of 17 has been the playoffs, three bye weeks. So overall, pretty uh, successful regular season fantasy over here for me. Wow, so our our work league was the only one you missed in, huh? Only one, and, and literally last week of the year, I had two, two leagues that I was basically not in the playoffs yet. Uh, one of them I ended up winning and making it into the playoffs, and our work league, unfortunately, yeah, the one that I missed, just, you know, seven and seven, too, so, you know, just outside. Which is funny, because uh, we laughed about your chances of winning that game, and then Ramondre yeah. Stevenson got hurt and only got two points, and... You had a shot. <laughs> it was literally, I was watching it with a friend and I was watching when they got to halftime and New England lined up for 50 yard field going, I was looking at it like, this is going to be it. This is going to be how I lose it. Even with, despite all the injury, like it was like the perfect recipe for the first half for competitive. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty wild. And it's a shame. Cause like CD lamb only got you six points. Amari Cooper, not great. Travis Homer, not great. Obviously, yeah. we talked about Fant getting you a goose. So, like, you had so many opportunities. Yeah, and and I had an opportunity a, a couple weeks ago to possibly trade for uh, Jalen Hurts and opted out of that, unfortunately, looking back in hindsight. Probably would be pretty clearly in the playoffs with that with, the was, way that trade was, went down. That was the trade I lined up for you, right? Yeah, yeah. I reached out. <laughs> I, wanted to, I didn't want to trade... Um, I didn't want to trade. Who was it? Uh, not Amari Cooper. I'm thinking the other Dallas receiver, CD Lamb. I was trying to trade. Like I said, I have a pretty good stable receiver. I was going to try to trade like an Amari Cooper and a Devonta Smith instead of trading at the top receiver, and just couldn't get a deal done there. And it was like right at the last week, and then I was ready to accept it the next week, but the deadline had passed, so it was right uh, at the deadline deal. Yeah. So unfortunately, just missed it. But yeah, looking at the quarterbacks I had started the last two or three weeks. It definitely would have won another game or two had I had Hurts in there. Yeah, it's uh, next year's going to be interesting with the mocks and the quarterbacks. I don't know what I'm going to do. This yeah. late round stuff's getting kind of annoying. It is, and and I think for me, I, I really enjoyed the you know league or two that I had more of a zero or hero RB. Um, like I, in one league, I have Mixon was like my only true RB, and he even wasn't great. But my receiving core was really good and, and held me down and was a good tight end. So I was able, you know, lucked out with uh, Tony Pollard and a couple of other younger running backs um, that just were valid and, and guys you can kind of pick up and plug in. So I kind of liked that strategy, especially in a three-receiver league. And, you know, I had three. I mean, Cooper Cup got hurt, but ended up drafting Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, and George Kittle. So, you know, Overall, mid playoffs of the league, and it kind of I like the strategy there, being able to zig when everyone's zagging and loading up on those receivers, especially if you can hit. Yeah, it's just you know the day of waiting to me, like waiting until that the later rounds to get a quarterback. Like it's so dry, and there's so many rushing quarterbacks now that you can't just wait and grab that young Mm -hmm. up and coming guy because they're just going to go. You need those Um, the rushing quarterbacks. I mean, there's not too many top. 10 quarterbacks at this point that are not those big time rushing quarterbacks. So I think that's really where it comes in. You're going to get your Brady's and, and those pocket passers. They're just, you know, usually not going to be enough to, um, to, to keep you, keep you going there. Yeah, And 
like this year, like there were some out there, like who know Trey Lance was late. You don't know what Trey mm-hmm. Lance could have been this year. He could have been uh, a big deal. Um, Fields was late and could have won you the league, but like he started so bad, you might have started Owen five or six if you had Fields, in which case his, you know, 30 point games didn't matter anymore because you're probably screwed at that point. So even the people that came alive, it was more of a waiver wire thing than a late round ad, unless you want to do two and sit and hold, but like, were you actually going to sit and hold fields for six weeks? You know, it's tough. So it'll be interesting next year. If you know, once we got a clearer mind and the bias is gone, what we do, but on the flip side, you went with Wilson in the middle rounds and obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> did not work, did out, not right? work out. And that's where I've been chasing the dragon all year on quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, um, we, we can use that quarterback conversation transition into our, our start sets at the quarterback position here. Um, we got some repeat conversations here, Will. Um, scraping the bottom of the barrel first, would you rather start Purdy, assuming he's going to play, at Seattle or Mike White versus the Lions? Yeah, I'm all in on Mike White here. I, I think he is definitely the best streaming quarterback um, go here. It, obviously, barring his health, but if he's healthy, He's got weapons, alliance defenses lined up perfectly. I am all in on that one. Yeah, same. Um, you know, even, you know, I said Purdy plays, but even if he plays, it doesn't mean that he's going to be going all out. You know, they could easily rely on the running game, you know, and, and try to keep him healthy um, and probably do enough to beat Seattle. So, yeah, I think it's it's pretty easily Mike White for me as well. Um, solid matchup. Uh, I trust him a little bit more um, and he doesn't have the injury. Well, I guess he does have an injury concern, but he'll be playing this week, I believe. All right. Next one here is probably a little tighter of one. We got Tua at Buffalo or Kirk Cousins versus Indy. Yeah, this is a, uh, this is a tough one. I, I, I do think I lean Cousins. Um, I'd imagine the Vikings are going to want to bounce back after losing to the Lions and Indy's a great team to beat up on if you want to, you know, bounce back. You know, who has obviously got some upside there with a game that maybe could be a shootout, something like to that degree. But uh, I I think I'll stick with Cousins there. What about you? Yeah, this one's interesting because I actually have this exact decision in in the league, but I have a bye week, so it don't matter this week, but next week it would. Uh, But this is, you know, in a deeper league the benches are a lot deeper it used to be a 14 team league it's only 10, uh, 12 now but still with deeper benches it's been pretty hard to get anyone on the waivers so these are basically the two that i've been looking at the entire year and I'm pretty back and forth on them initially i want to say tua but you know in buffalo i think that's gonna be a closer matchup right it's a really important matchup but whether it could be a bigger option there um you know versus minnesota you know indoors versus indy there's the worry that, you know, maybe they come out and just you know, blow their doors off and are running the ball throughout the game. But you still have a good chance that Kirk Cousins can get a touchdown too early in that game if that does happen. So I, I think I'd take the safer option here of Cousins. Surprisingly had a couple down weeks from Tua. You know, he hasn't broken 20 points since pre-bye week. Uh, you know, 299 and a touchdown in week 12, 295, 2-2. Two in week 13 145 and a touchdown with a few rushing yards in week 14 but he's not really running the ball at all so you're looking at all passing and you always have a good chance when you have those weapons on the outside but 
you know, I know there's been some injury concerns there. Um, so I think I would play it safe here and, and just go with Cousins. Okay, I, I think you did well to, to set the stage here. So uh, would you rather have Tua at Buffalo, Tua who has been underperforming, and, and Buffalo who's got the, the seventh-ranked uh, defense against quarterbacks from a fantasy perspective, or your uh, streaming love, Mike White, versus the Lions? Yeah, crazy to say. You get here the way you know the Dolphins have been playing and Tua's been playing. Um, and I think in a vacuum, I think I would roll the dice on Mike White. Um, now, obviously, it's team dependent. So, you know, if you're in a little safer of an option, maybe you just want to take, you know, guaranteed 15 out of Tua. But there's also weather concerns in Buffalo. I don't think we know anything definitive yet this time of year. Probably, you know, it's almost guaranteed to be a very cold game. And then if there's any precipitation, that really muddies it up. But you also have the injury concern there with Mike White. So it's tight. You know, there's a lot that needs to shake out. You know, the injury with Mike White could easily roll him out. A snow game in Buffalo could easily roll out Tua. Uh, but if all things are equal and you're in, you know, it's going to be a close matchup, I think I would take the upside there of Mike White. I think I'm on the opposite end and I'll go with Tua. It just feels gross to do it. Yeah. Um, it's pretty difficult. I do like White, and I think he very easily could be the winner here, but I don't think I could bench Tua for White, especially in the playoffs. That's such a – if you lose – if you start Mike White and you lose that game because of that decision, you're going to feel like an idiot. Um, so I think i go with Tua, but I definitely – I totally get it. Yeah, an uh, interesting one here, you know, maybe tougher than it looks surface level, a uh, half-scoring Nick Chubb versus the Ravens, Tony Pollard in Jacksonville. Dare I say, I don't think it's hard at all. Give me Tony Pollard. <laughs> As It's just gross, but like he's been so good. Um, he's got an easy matchup against Jacksonville. Chubb has not been good since Watson came back. Browns as a whole. Yeah, it just hasn't been the same, and the Ravens have a good run defense. Um, so I think it's pretty easily Pollard here. Yeah, and, and you know, he's not really, there hasn't been much of it. I mean, he's never really involved in the passing game, Nick Chubb, but, um, you know, against Houston, one target, no catches. Against Cincinnati, three targets, three catches, 20 yards. Um, he's still getting the volume, you know, 15 plus carries. But, yeah, it's just Baltimore's you know, a decent defense, divisional game. I still think you're probably starting both of these guys in most situations, but if you do have a situation where, I don't know who you should like auto play ahead of both of these guys, but if you had another guy that you're plugging in, you know, let's say like a CMC against Seattle you know, on, on Thursday, I do think it's Pollard as crazy as it is right now. I mean, he's just been on fire. Both of those guys have been playing really well. Um, should be a decent game there against Jacksonville. And, you know, even though he's, you know, getting a little bit more uh, receiving volume, not as high of a pass rushing volume. The efficiency has been there. The lines are playing really well. So yeah, I think it's crazy, but I think we're going to double up on Tony Pollard. Okay. PPR uh, Kamara versus the Falcons or Dobbins at Cleveland. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Dobbins coming back from injury and, and he looks pretty good. Um, I just, don't think I can trust him in this kind of heads-up matchup. 
Um, you know, he played well. He's pretty efficient. You know, Cleveland hasn't had a great defense. Um, but, you know, 15 for 120, big. And, you know, he's got in the end zone. Uh, man, it's just tough to plug him in here in a situation where I think this could be a good game for New Orleans. I could see this being a bounce-back game for Kamara. But he has been pretty dreadful the last few weeks, only double digits in a full-point scoring once since week eight when he had that huge three-touchdown game. He hasn't gotten in the end zone since. Uh, but coming off the bye week, I think they're going to scheme it up. They have a better situation. I think the defense is in good position going as a rookie quarterback there for Atlanta. Great matchup. Uh, I think I have to roll Evan Kamara, but it's closer than I'd imagine, you know, with a just a second week back Dobbins. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. Dobbins came back one week, looks really good. Kamara hasn't looked like Kamara in, in some time now. So that's the story, but it's also Dobbins that gets a tougher defense and Kamara against an easy defense. I think I'm with you, and I'll take the easy defense that Kamara's going to be facing. You can just lean on him and, and try to ride that to victory. So I, I'm with you. Um, but if you out there like Dobbins and you don't want to deal with Kamara and you know what he's been doing this year, I, I, I definitely get that because it hasn't been there. And if I was Kamara owner, I'd, I'd probably be thinking the same thing. All right. Um, next up here, which flames do you want to stay in? I mean, the, the heat of Brandon Ayuk at Seattle or just like the inferno of Christian Watson versus the Rams full PPR. Yeah, you getting a boost because Debo's out too. Um, yeah. I Thursday think game, though, though. It, it's a Thursday game and you have that Purdy injury. And I think that's the differentiator to me. So I'm going to go with Watson solely because of that injury. Like, I don't even care if he plays. He could play and they say he's 100%. I I'd imagine they're going to limit him because they need him <laughs> um, as they press on. So I'm going to go with Watson here. Yeah, for me too. I mean, he's just been on fire scorching high i mean full ppr he's been over 20 points four straight games and you know maybe the scoring the touchdowns come down a bit but he's gotten in the end zone eight touchdowns in four games pre-bye week um, now the rams are yeah still a good defense not a great defense with you know they've had injuries more injuries on the offense and that's really what's killed them but uh he's just been on fire i don't think i can stop with him because it only takes you know one or two big plays yeah, he gets you know a carrier two here and there but he's you know he's not been over four receptions all year he's never had more than four receptions in the game entire season but he's been over 20 points four weeks in a row so it only takes you know two or three big plays to really put him in that range and you know despite what is usually a tough matchup this year maybe not as tough a matchup against Jalen Ramsey, I, I still think, you know, he presents a tougher matchup than most weeks, especially for a rookie receiver, but I, I can't go away from him here. Like I said, just a couple big plays there will really make your week, so you got to have him in your lineup. That next one, half-point PPR. Um, I think this one might be more difficult than it looks like. McLaurin versus the Giants or Metcalf for the, versus the 49ers. Yeah, another Thursday game as we're talking about there. Yeah. Um, you know, DK's been good. Half point scoring. He's been double digits six weeks in a row. And he's been getting five or more catches every week. So his volume is just out of this world. Scored in the last two, for the last six. 
So, you know, DK is hard to sit here. He's been playing really well, but Terry's been playing good as well. You know, divisional matchup, Sunday night football. One, you know, last week, I guess last game, you know, before the bye week there, eight for 12, 100 yards and touchdown going off. Um, not a bad play, but the Giants have been a, a you know, tougher matchup against receivers, so I'm not going to get too cute with it. I'm going to stay at the volume of DK. Um, obviously, tough matchup against the Niners there, but the running game could be iffy, and, and you may have Seattle throwing the ball more than they'd like, and that volume is going to go DK's way. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Um, the 49ers matchup does scare me. That could be... Uh... That could be a real bad time for Metcalf. Um, but like you said, you know, McLaurin's got a tough matchup against the Giants. It's not quite the 49ers, but they're still tough. Um, and Metcalf's just been really good. And McLaurin's been good, but m- more up and down. He's had more downs than Metcalf has had. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'll go with Metcalf um, with a little bit of a hesitation because of the matchup and the Thursday night game. All right. And our last receiver heads up here. We've got Chris Godwin versus the Bengals. And Chris Olave versus the Falcons full PPR. Yeah, I am not turning away from Godwin. Um, he wasn't great last week, but again, you face that San Francisco defense. Um, he's been real good. Other than that, I'm not going to shy away from him. Um, the fact that I, I imagine they're going to need him in in this game. Um, Olave could be great. You know, he's got a, a solid matchup. Um, I just I trust Godwin more at the end of the day. How about you? Yeah, uh, Godwin's clearly you know, fully involved in the offense, and, and so is Olave, but a better offense. Just barely, maybe, the way Tampa's been playing, but the targets are there. I mean, he has had, he's not had less than, man, he's had single-digit targets just twice since week five, and that was eight and nine. So his target count is out of this world um, since he's been back double digits every week, but week 10 and week 14 since week five. So he's been on fire from a target standpoint. His catches have been at that six, seven mark for the most part. Uh, you're going to get a stable volume there. And he got in the end zone two of the last four weeks. So that's helping as well. But you know, you're going to get, you know, in a, I guess a full point scoring, you're going to get like in that low double digit range. And if he scores, he's booming you up and closer to possibly 20. So yeah, I think it's hard to pass up Godwin there. Okay. We're moving to the, uh, the tight end flex category here. PPR AJ Dillon versus the Rams. Amari Cooper versus the Ravens or Pittman at Minnesota. Yeah. Amari Cooper back at home. So that definitely helps you out there. He's been strangely really bad on the road, but really good at home. Um, I just I don't think I can play AJ Dillon. It's just been a, a weird odd year for him. Um obviously coming off of a much better game, back to back good games, really got in the end zone both times, but single digits other than that, pretty much the whole year. Um he, you know, it's somewhat used in the in the um passing game. Couple couple times he's had you know, multiple targets, but not too often. Um, so I, I think I, I want to stay with Amari Cooper clearly involved in the offense and they, you know, they want to keep him as him and Donald people Jones as like the top options and, you know, seven and nine, uh, from a target standpoint, still kind of getting acquainted there with, with, um, Deshaun Watson. So I think it's going to be Amari for me. I, you know, Pittman is just too tough at this point for you to trust him in Indy. Yeah, I don't. 
not in love with either of them. I mean, if Aaron Jones doesn't play, yeah, that's I, true. I'd probably go Dylan. He did practice, but so I, I think he's fine. But if, if if Aaron Jones is out, you know, I'd, I'd probably go Dylan. I just don't think it's trending that way. Um, I think I'd go Pittman until I see the Watson Cooper kind of connection. I don't know if I want to start him. Pittman's got a good matchup, even though he's he's really hard to trust. So I, mm-hmm. I think I'll go that way. Um, more so than the Cooper way, but it's it's a pretty big toss up for me. You can pick either side, and I, I'd understand. Yeah, well, maybe going to what looks like maybe is uh, Sean Watson's favorite target here, David Njoku, seven for nine, fifty nine yards, and the guy in the end zone uh, in la- last week's game against Cincinnati, or the new Minnesota Viking uh, as of a few weeks ago. Mr. TJ Hawkinson versus Indianapolis. So two pretty solid tight end options. It is. Yeah. Not too often we get like a, a tight end head to head. Right now I'm going to go with Hawkinson. I, I think he's got less upside, um, but he's not hurt. And Njoku is, he's got yeah. a knee injury. Um, I think they're the Saturday game. Yeah, they are the Saturday game. Um, so a little bit less time, um, just a day to get ready, but a day is important. Um, so, I think I'd rather steer clear from that um, and lean on Njoku instead of risk getting goosed or something like that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if he's practicing and he looks good, I wouldn't mind playing him. And this is one of the situations where, you know, maybe you can flex one of them if you're in a pinch and you don't have other good flex options. Um, but I'd wait to see how Njoku is looking as you get closer to that Baltimore game. He's clearly, you know, a heavy target there for Deshaun Watson. So, Someone that you can use, but I think I'm definitely playing Hawkinson. And then if I'm really in a pinch from a flex standpoint, I, I wouldn't mind throwing Joku in there, you know, bopping him in your tight end and moving Hawkinson down to your flex. Yeah, perfectly fair. Perfectly fair. We'll move on to some trade questions here, Will. Um, all dynasty, of course. We got starting with the 12 team super flex. Uh, Stafford, Carr, and the 202 for Brady and the 102. Interesting. Um, I probably t- man, it's hard to hard to value these superflex ones for Dynasty because like, where do you put Stafford and Carr? You know, Brady is pretty much. I mean, maybe he comes back next year, but it's pretty much a wash. So you're basically trading Stafford and Carr to move up from the two hundred two to the one hundred two. Um, and just from a superflex standpoint, it seems like it's a lot. So I feel like I'll take the package side. Uh, obviously the one or two could be the most valuable piece in the whole trade. So if, if you have other quarterbacks and maybe Stafford and Carr, your third and fourth quarterback, you can kind of pick up the one or two and, and maybe, you know, the rights to Tom Brady. I, I don't hate that, but I think it's going to be like a specific situation to do that because you're probably losing a lot of depth there at quarterback. And then you're taking the one or two, which likely is one of those top quarterbacks. Um, and, you know, ideally is someone that you can play, but you you know may strike out there and you've traded you know, two very solid startable quarterbacks for you know really more of an iffy quarterback. Yeah, it's it's really hard to trade two starters in a super flex lead. Um, but you're looking at two starters like the, the car is not the Cardinal Raiders have not been good this year. Like this could be the end of if Carr and playing for the Raiders um, Stafford hurt yet again. Um, so, you know, trading them and getting the one Oh two could be a big win. Like you could look back in hindsight and be like, man, if I pulled the trigger, I would have dodged a bullet. 
Um, but I don't think I could do it in a super flex, especially with the 202 there. You're giving up two quarterbacks to move up around in a super flex. That's hard to do. So I think I would stick with the Stafford side, but I get it. It's close. And if you want to roll the dice and kind of predict Carr, you know, the end of Carr being a starter and, you know, Stafford maybe only having a year or so left given the injuries are piling up and you got a Super Bowl, I'm fine with it. I get it. All right. Next up, uh, regular half point PPR dynasty trade Garrett Wilson and Kyler Murray or AJ Brown and Tua. This is surprisingly not difficult for me. Like Garrett Wilson's been great, but so is AJ Brown and Kyler has not been great and now has a torn ACL and Tua has been great outside the past couple of weeks. So I'll go with AJ Brown and Tua and probably not give it a second thought. Yeah, I'm there with you. I mean, uh, obviously we both really liked Garrett Wilson coming out and you know took him in one of our leagues, uh, but uh, you know what you have in AJ Brown. That's likely going to be the case for at least another two or three years and Tua obviously is looking like the real deal and barring an injury um should be good to go early next year and it's more than you could say for Kyler so I think you just have a lot more establishment there with AJ and Tua yeah I get it um back into the world of Superflex um this one's also tight end premium Kittle James Connor or a late 23 first yeah, with the tight end premium, I think it leans me toward Kittle. I think it, it makes him more valuable. It makes the pick more valuable as well. Um, but a late pick, you're probably looking at, you know, one of those, you know, that you know, middle-ish of, of the first round running back receivers in a normal draft because the quarterbacks are pushing them down a little. Maybe you're looking at the top tight end um, or you're looking at, like, the third or fourth running back. Uh, so I think that's... You know, decent if you're rebuilding, but for Kittle, I imagine you maybe can get more. Connor, you know, more of a throw-in. You know, you, I would take him and maybe try to flip him if you need to, or if you just want to have the depth position, not bad. Um, so uh, I'll take the Kittle-Connor side. What about you? Yeah, same. Um, and a tight end premium, Kittle's incredibly valuable. Um, Connor, I don't know. I'd imagine a starter again next year. Um he feels like, again, like I talk about Fournette, he's going to be one of those guys that just disappears. Um, they'll move on from him after next year. He'll find another team where it looks like maybe he'll share some time and he'll actually do absolutely nothing um, and just fade off into the past year. Um, but he could help for your your uh, your playoff run. Um, this year, Well, I guess Connor's out, so that might help him. It might yeah. hurt him. I'd imagine it hurts him. Um but at the end of the day, like Kittle in a tight end premium, you know, hasn't been what he was a few years ago, but still uh, pretty valuable. I, I'll take that side as well. All right. Another dynasty here, full PPR, Garrett Wilson again, or the 2023-105 Shab Bateman and a 2024 third-round pick. This one I think is pretty good. Um this is an interesting trade given like the eruption we've seen from Garrett Wilson. Um, now I believe favored to win rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. Um, and Bateman with the pedigree, but we haven't really seen that high of an upside yet. Um, and you have the looming Lamar Jackson problem, you know, Bateman's future changes. If Lamar Jackson ends up at a different team, um, I think 
I'll go with the Bateman side, getting the 105 and Bateman. Um, I like that. So I think I'll go with his side here. Yeah, I think this one is pretty close. It really just depends on what you think about Garrett Wilson. Is he the next Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, what we've seen from them that rookie year, and propel that into being a top five receiver? Um, Those guys had good to great quarterbacks with them, and we haven't really seen that here with a uh, Garrett Wilson. I think your best-case scenario, unless you get another quarterback, is you have a Mike White going into the next year that you know is in a simio maybe can turn into a, a Kirk Cousins level player. I don't think we think he's ever going to be a top ten, top five quarterback, but a really good quarterback like a Kirk Cousins. So I think if, if you you know really if, if you buy into that and you think he you know what we've seen from him, he's legit, he's going to be a parental top ten receiver. I think that it's not bad to trade. I think it's a decent package for him though if you're not fully sold on him, the situation, the quarterback there, you know getting Bateman. Coming up the injury, you know, should be back with Lamar. He looked good when he was healthy. Uh, and the 105 is going to be you know, pretty valuable as well. Um, the third, obviously, is just the third. But I think it's a pretty fair trade. I think it just depends on what side you're on. Uh, I'd probably lean Wilson just because I really liked him coming out. You know, I wasn't a huge fan of Bateman coming out. But I think this is a pretty fair trade on both sides. Yeah, two two bits of a... Uh quarterback wild cards where if Lamar goes that's going to hurt Bateman if if Zach Wilson stays and it's the starter again next year that mm-hmm. probably hurts Wilson um so yeah interesting scenario um last question here will PPR uh a mid to late first or Jameson Williams yeah this one's uh it's not bad I'd probably take Williams I think we saw the explosiveness from him obviously they're still slowly getting him back you know worked in but I think this is a really good trade target for Dynasty you can, you know, if your trade deadlines are still going, this is a guy I would try to go get. Uh, obviously, we're in the playoffs, so you're probably not able to do it. But early in the offseason, I think this is a guy to go get because he looks like the real deal. Um, didn't hasn't showed a ton, so he's maybe still somewhat affordable. But this is a guy, Steve. I think if we end up, you know, looking to potentially blow up our team, this is a guy that I would want to go get him in a pick for you know a player. You get a prospect that hasn't fully showed it like a Wilson or like an Alave, but you know, we've seen the skill there, just not the consistency. And that's where you can still probably get him for a slight discount. Yeah, I think this is easily on the Williams side. Um if you rewind the clock to draft season, Williams was a mid to late round or a mid to late first wide mm-hmm. receiver. And you drafted him there knowing he was going to miss most of the year and thinking that he was on a bad Lions team. So, yeah, I would pay the same thing now, seeing, you know, some explosiveness this, this week, seeing an ascending Lions team. And instead of getting an unknown rookie, I'm getting, you know, a second year player. I'm not really worried about this year, but next year, like a second year player that could be poised for a breakout. Um, so, like, I see his signs pointing up more so than they were at drafts last year. So, yeah, I'll pay the same thing. I'd probably pay more than this for Jameson Williams. Um an easy one for me yeah right there with you wonderful we'll have to see who has him in our league yeah no i think he like that's the type of target you want to go after like a guy that showed it but not like we were talking about pickens maybe he may have showed too much to be able to go get pickens plus but you want to get those guys that are going into their second year but didn't maybe show everything um those are the guys you can kind of get this offseason it's our good friend graham 
Ah, oh, so probably not. But who knows? <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe he doesn't like to trade guys, but you know, maybe you uh, say, "Hey, what's up with a uh, you know Cooper Cup or a Terry Kill?" You know, James yeah. Williams, a first plus, something like that. Yeah, it has to be another wide receiver because his only two wide receivers of note are AJ Brown and Diggs. Yeah, um, and if he's all, Jones, in, all in for it, you know, maybe he wants to put that together. But yeah, he's not. But it seems really gone all in or, or cashed in chips for another big name player. Yeah, yeah, he's a tough trade candidate. But yeah, but, we can see work yeah. work those relationships. Exactly. Beautiful. Well, hey, well, that is going to uh, wrap up the start show for today. Um, Tune in next week for the waiver and start sit show for week 16. We only got two weeks of this left, four episodes. And then uh, we go on our break for a while. Not too far away, huh? Not too far at all. Yeah. So good luck this week, everyone. Tune in next week and uh, trust your board. <laughs>